0: You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST ST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. <laughs>
1: Welcome back. This is episode 40 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast presented by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. I'm Christian. Find me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Chris. You! And Stat Guy Rye. What up? What's up, fellas? How are you? I am. Ecstatic. I am all types of emotional right now. Ecstatic guys um four more wins i'm just going to get it out of the way here i'm going to drop every spoiler from avengers infinity war
2: no, four more wins and what will the yankees record be
1: what are they what are we now over 17 and 9 17 and 9 so four more
2: wins should <laughs> be 21 and 9 what were the yankees last year after 21 and 9 the team that was going to do anything.
1: You're assuming, though, that now they're going to complete the sweep. Uh, we're recording no, 6 o- I'm saying all it. Let's get a time can, frame out here. It's 6 o'clock in the evening just before the Yankees will take the field in Anaheim on Sunday Night Baseball um, to try to complete the sweep of the Twins. And then they're going to Houston. So now you want them to... S- are they, no, it's a four-game set against Houston. Four games.
2: Why so many four-game series? I That's hate the schedule. Hard. I hate it. I cannot. Didn't the Yankees have off on a Wednesday a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it was off on uh, a in between, in between the Marlins, Marlins and the Toronto series. Who the hell put this schedule together?
3: Yeah. That was scheduled too.
2: Yeah, there's only, there's been more four game and two game series than three game series. I guess it's the unbalanced schedule. But I like I like three game sets.
3: Yeah, me it's, too.
1: I would rather get swept in a three-game set than split a two-game, four-game
2: set, if that makes any sense.
3: Oh, yeah. Someone has to win a three-game set.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. So And no, I'm not expecting them to go out and win four more straight games. What I'm trying to say is it could definitely happen. And if it does, this mediocre start this team got off to turns into the same start they had last year over 30 games. So... Anyone who was freaking out, including me a little bit, uh, this is why you can't freak out in baseball, especially in April. So they were 9-9 nine and nine when they started the win streak. Yes. It still was 18 games. I mean, in one week, right, two seasons got flipped upside down. Yankee fans are optimistic, and this team is incredible, and Red Sox fans are went from being on top of the world to now having their doubts. Well, they
1: won their 20th game today. Right. But the Yankees are what? Going into today. Uh, going into their game tonight. Three out in the loss column? Two.
2: Stack no, guy, I right? There, think are think three. there are two. There are 2 telling you right now.
1: All right, look. we He the has Red the Sox title have, of stack guy for the a Red reason. Sox have
2: seven losses. Okay. They're 20-7. and seven. And the Yankees are 17-9. and nine. All right, so the Yankees are two out in the loss column. Correct.
3: Right now, they're two and a half. So if they lose tonight, it'll be three. Right, but they're two, in, two in, the in the loss, loss column.
1: column. All right. So a week or two weeks ago when it was, what, six, seven games and everybody said the division was over and uh, we
2: might as well focus on the wild card. It's It was the middle of April. <laughs> it just shows how quickly a season can be turned around.
1: The Yankee, look, I hate going back in the past because so many different variables and different players, blah blah blah. But the 2009 World Champion team won 103 games. They were like six games out of first place at the end of
2: June. That was the that was the last Yankee team to win 100 games. Was it? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, but the Yankees just, haven't won 100, but 100.
1: It just goes to show you. No, I know that that team won 100 games, and they were through
2: through june really through three months they really had not found their footing yet because how many games do you play in in one month you're playing at least 25 26 games in a month a lot can happen man there's a lot of streaks in baseball and it just so happens that the team that was winning and the team that was losing flip-flopped in this last week and the yankees lie even you want to go more recent to make you feel better about yourself
1: I nobody. I mean, I'm not going to scoff at a 91 win team. I would still find that impressive. Although you do f- kind of expect more out of this year's team, but that team really. I mean, to coincide with Judge's slump last year, they
2: were what were they under 500 in that? If stretch? you break down the Yankees' season last year, if they don't start 21 and nine, their season's done. That 21 and nine start carried them. Through the entire summer, yeah, and then they got hot in September, though. Right, but what I'm saying is, if they don't, if they don't get to 21 and nine, the way they played after that, I mean, you're right. They might have been under 500 throughout right. the summer. It just
1: goes to show you that the season is so long that one significant hot streak
2: can really change
1: the fate of a season. I was just
2: gonna say that's why sh- these streaks are so important. You know. When the Yankees weren't playing that great to start the year, they still played 500 ball. If a team's not hot and they're playing 500 ball, that's all you can ask for. And when they get hot, they have to go on a streak the way they, they have. Lose
1: ten out of fifteen. You got to win
2: eight out of ten when you're going on when you're hot. And when you're not, you got to find a way to at least play 500 baseball. And if you can do that, you're going to be in the playoffs easily. When the Red Sox – what were the Red Sox high water? They were, what, 17-2 and two at one point? Yes, which I believe was a major league record for starting a season.
1: You See, you you knew. I mean, you had to have known that they weren't going to keep up that pace all year. No, of course not. So why were people on the ledge ready to jump off like, oh, the season's over. Psh, because jumped, it's, it's right in console. front of
2: us. I mean, you check the st- – I mean, I, f- I found myself – Score checking in April. Okay, I never do that. I'm checking the Red Sox scores. And then I click over to standings and I see the Yankees seven games out. And but it's it tough to look really at. it doesn't really
1: mean anything this early I know, in the year.
2: but it's still tough to look at. It's still tough to think about. If the it's Red... still seven games. If the Red Sox were ahead seven
1: games and the Yankees were 3-10 and 10 or 3-11, and 11, I would probably be worried. I wouldn't lie. But they were seven games up playing out of their minds and the Yankees were playing 500 baseball so you knew that the Yankees were going to kick their funk
2: and Boston was going to come down to the pack I'll tell you what if it was maybe June when that happened and then the Yankees were seven games out but the Yankees established themselves already to show how good of a team they could have been I think fans wouldn't have reacted the way they did the problem was that The Yankees were playing 500 baseball. The Red Sox were red hot. And we didn't know what this team was capable of yet. You were watching a team that couldn't seem to put together a win streak or couldn't click together. So that seven games felt like 20. Right? You didn't have any faith in this team at that time. You didn't Mm -hmm. see much success. Now. I'm still wasn't. I wasn't. No, I'm not saying you were, but I'm just telling you that it's mainly because this team didn't prove itself yet. So that those seven games made us feel worse it than just it really felt was.
1: Nice to have a week where we didn't have to defend Aaron Boone, and where people didn't want to send Gary Sanchez down to AAA or uh, whatever other <laughs> comments that we were getting accustomed
2: to seeing. We still, we still saw one thing that has been a constant.
1: Well, if there's one, well, if there's really two negatives to. St- because everything can't be sunshine and rainbows here, right? So, if there are still two negatives coming out of this eight-game win streak, it is the Yankees still lead the major leagues in errors, and they played a couple of sloppy games this okay this during the stretch. Me and
2: Ryan were at the, the first game against the Twins? No, I was Same. at the first game against the Twins. All right, so. we were at the second game. That game alone put them ahead of the pack where it's so going to take four? a couple weeks before anyone else has more errors in them because they had four errors in that game. You didn't really think about it too much because they won, and it was actually a nice win. Those four errors really didn't come back to bite them. But, you know, you commit four errors in a game when you're already leading Major League Baseball in errors, you're going to sit atop that list for a pretty long time. But other than that, what's our other, uh, what's our other issue? That we seem to still have.
1: What's your other issue that we still seem to have, Christopher? Huh? Sonny Gray. That it was. What game did he start? Did he start the third game against Minnesota? I believe so. Yes. And he, he did. lasted four and two thirds Four and two thirds. And Boone let him throw 104 pitches, right? Just when, to try and get him a W. Just to try to get him a win. When every other pitcher not named Louis Severino was done after 80 85 pitches. But Boone. You want to say to his credit, to his fault. You can stand on either side of the fence as you want to on that one. Wanted Gray to get a W while the team had a lead. Uh, You know, get him through five while the team had a lead, so he would be in line for a W because you know positive reinforcement, you know whatever, whatever it is. And you know it didn't work out because Sonny Gray couldn't put away that last batter in uh in the fifth inning. So now we gotta hear this line of nonsense that uh four and two thirds innings, uh hundred and four pitches, what do you allow? Three runs? Five
2: walks, I think. Five walks is a step in the right direction. It's not. And here's what I thought about the other day. CC looks really good. Can you can you agree with me on that? I mean CC has looked very good. I think he has a one eight ERA right now. He hasn't thrown a lot of innings. He's been injured, but he does look good. And he did go six innings, I believe, when we were there. Okay. The problem with Sonny Gray, if everyone else is going to pitch the way they have this past week or so, the problem with Sonny Gray is not that he's giving up too many runs now. Because if everyone else is going to pitch the way they are and Sonny Gray is going to go out there and give up five runs or four runs in a game, you can live with that. What you can't live with is the fact that this guy can't even get through five innings. I agree. The Yankees need someone to at least eat up innings, especially because Gray and CeCe are back-to-back. If you're going to be bad, at least
1: give the team length. Right. I would much rather live with him giving up
2: six runs over seven innings than giving up three and four innings. Absolutely, because you have CeCe going out there tonight. He might give you only one or two runs tonight. But he's not going to go much past the fifth inning, and then you're going to have Gray come come out tomorrow and go four again. You can't do that, especially because we know Tanaka is always a question mark. He's either brilliant or he sucks. He's been he's been pretty he's good been the great last few times out. But when you get to Tanaka that can't find his his groove, he's also coming out after five innings. So you can't have three guys. In this rotation right now, that that are doing that, it's not a fault on CC. Let's erase that. No, from it's the, not. It's the organization.
1: No, it, I'm not. I'm not even going to take it there. I don't care about their. I do care because I think these guys should be able to go a hundred, a hundred and ten pitches. But I'm not going to hold it against CC. I'm not going to hold it against the Yankees for limiting Sabathia. I'd rather get a one-run, five-inning performance out of CeCe than try to push him through six or seven and lose him for
2: two months. We all know when he, in his, in his older age now with his new stuff, we all know that if CeCe goes one batter too long, his entire game gets blown up. So they've been very cautious of that. And I have no problem with that. No, neither do I.
1: Because you know CC C, C. Sabathia, even with his diminished stuff, is going to put everything he's got into his start. And like I said, I'd rather him give me five great innings than try to get a sixth out of him. And then maybe that
2: six is where the game gets... But I think the last couple times out, CC Sabathia has maybe given up four or five runs. I think only one or two have been earned. Maybe... Maybe less than that. Maybe only one earned no, and run. Well, then
1: that goes back to
2: the fact that the team. I think team... he only has one earned run in his last couple starts. Yeah, and that he goes has ba-
3: Four earned runs altogether. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. And that,
2: well, that goes back to the point
1: about how this team just doesn't play good defense. They, they have right.
3: been, though. He had three earned runs in his first start against Baltimore in four innings. And then. Was that the game he got hurt in? Then zero earned runs against Toronto, zero against Minnesota. <laughs> And That's then it. he pitches tonight. The
1: amazing thing about Sabathia is that he constantly at or near the uh, the top of the league in uh, exit velocity against how he's got the lowest exit velo against how
2: they just don't square up on his pitches. That's exactly what Andy Pettit did though. When he when he adapted to the league, when he didn't have the type of stuff he did when he was in his prime, Pettit was the same way. I mean, CC's job... When he goes out there is to keep these guys off balance now. It's not to blow them away. And he has done a fantastic job doing that. Every time out. Even when he doesn't have his good stuff, he keeps his team in the game. As long as you can keep the hitters off balance and hit your spots, you're going to keep your team in the game no matter matter what kind of stuff you have that day.
1: Yeah, so, you know, CC is what CC is. And that's fine. That's what you knew when you signed him. But... Sonny Gray has to be better than and what's the excuse now? Austin Romine caught the game on uh what was that Tuesday night mm-hmm. or Wednesday night Tuesday he caught the game on Tuesday
2: and didn't look didn't look like much of a difference. He was Wednesday
3: night Wednesday well, sunny Gray. yeah because we were we were there we Tuesday. Were there Tuesday, night. Tuesday. So oh, Wednesday.
1: Who threw the game on Tuesday? CC All right, because I was there Monday to knock it through that game. Right. And the Yankees just obliterated the Twins in that game. I think it was, was that 14-1? to 1?
2: Yeah.
3: <sighs>
2: I, mean, I mean, this team, and then we got to talk about too. I don't know if you noticed this, but Katie Sharp tweeted it. They had the comeback win against the Twins in the ninth. Gary Sanchez walk off. And then the next night against the Angels, it was 3-2 in the ninth. The Yankees came back to tie it and then ended up winning in the 10th. Uh, Didi Gregorius hit a solo shot to put them ahead, and then they closed the door in the bottom of the 10th. That was the first time in at least 15 years that the Yankees had won back-to-back games when going into the ninth trailing. The first time in 15 years. That is significant. And that's something
1: that you like to see because I think a lot of what we saw last year that made people like this team so much is that they never gave up. They were always fighting till the end. They had right. a lot of comeback wins last year. And it was nice to see that they were dead in the water Thursday afternoon. You know, they had, you know, what was it? A six game win streak at the time or five, five or six, five or
2: six. All right. They had three, five, five game.
1: All right. So, you know, five game win streak, you're playing better baseball. You got a day game travel day out to the West coast. You could see how the team would be falling asleep and just take the L and move on, right? But they got it together late in the game, and Gary Sanchez mashes a game-winning home run. And then uh, Friday night, sometime in Saturday morning, you know, against a team historically they don't play well against. Especially especially at, in Anaheim. At their stadium. So they were up, and then uh, Severino gives it a two-run triple in the seventh. So you're, you're like, here we go again against yeah, the he Angels? Yeah, you were upset,
2: too, because he was pitching a really good game. Really good game. Guardi comes in,
1: gets a sack fly to tie the game, and then, you know. I mean, what else do you want to say about
2: Didi Gregorius? Hey, there's literally nothing. There's literally nothing. I mean, this guy is absolutely unbelievable right now.
1: Yesterday before the game, which is amazing, that the Yankees scored 11 runs yesterday and Didi didn't contribute at all, <laughs> which is amazing. Just goes to show how how solid this team is. That be, I don't know if it's just, you know, things fluctuate or whatever, but before the start of yesterday's game, home runs, batting average, runs batted in, and slugging percentage, Didi was either the league leader or tied for the league league
2: in all those categories. It's unbelievable. And you know what? I'll, I'll say this too about this win streak. The Yankees have been facing some decent pitching. When they had to come back in the ninth, the last, those two nights, it wasn't like their offense was asleep. They were facing some good pitching, whether that pitcher is good or not. They were keeping the Yankee offense very off balance. They were throwing good pitches. It's not like they were really having terrible at-bats. Well,
1: Thursday's game, it's kind of hard for me to give Kyle Gibson any credit when he <laughs> came into that game with a career 9.3 ERA against the Yankees, and then he was throwing a no-hitter
2: through six. But, he, but it was a good no-hitter. It's not like the Yankees were going oh, up there sure. swinging with their eyes closed.
3: He had a career high in strikeouts in that game too.
2: He, yeah. was, throwing a, he was throwing a good game.
3: But again,
1: it's one of those games where if they lost, you don't really feel one way or the other about it because of the situation coming off five in a row, right? Going out on the West Coast, you know, so you just you chalk that up to <coughs> being a long season and guy, you know,
0: you
2: human nature, you know, you right. You're not going to win every game,
1: but you know, <laughs> well, Addison Reed, you know, opened the door, uh, allowing the Yankees to get a run in the was it the seven thirty eighth seventh
2: In the seventh Stanton, and
1: Oops, then double. As much as uh, you want to give Sanchez credit for winning the game on uh, Thursday, I don't know what the hell Miguel Sano was doing playing third base. He single-handedly put both of those know, runners on. I know, and you
2: know what? Even after they lost, he was just sitting in the dugout with his head down. He it's, knew he knew it was on him.
1: Especially the uh, the stand at bat when he cut in front of the shortstop. Yeah.
2: That was bad. Because
1: if he stays at third and lets the shortstop field the ball, they probably get Stanton. And then at worst, even if you they know,
3: tie it. If they don't if if they even pitch to Gary. Rodney yeah, Rodney made some good pitches that inning too. He had two ground ground outs.
1: And then uh, what does Kay like to say? The fallacy of the predetermined yeah. outcome. You can't say that Stan still would uh Sanchez still would have hit the home run, but even if he does it's only a tie it's game. It's only a tie game at that point. And that, even that pitch that uh Sanchez hit out That he went he went. It was, it, inside. it was inside it was a good
2: pitch and he kept it fair he wrapped it around the pole I gotta bring this up though I'm tweeting the game uh, what was the first Angel game Friday night yes I'm tweeting that game and Boone decides to go with Guardi in that situation he pinch hits for toe what does Guardi do he hits a sack fly RBI and the Yankees tie the game correct Yes. Wouldn't you say that that move was a positive move regardless of what you think Torres could have done in that situation? It's a positive move because of the result. Exactly. I had Yankee fans complaining to me that Boone pinch hit Garty for toe. I I get where they're coming from in saying that toe doesn't get a chance in those spots or whatever. And that if he didn't do that, they wouldn't had have had the liability defensively because then they lost their DH and Duhar moved to third, so on and so forth. But how can you complain about a managerial move that tied the game for your team? Who's to say that Toe would have done anything different? Who's to say that Toe wouldn't have grounded out or or even into a double play to end the inning? It's a positive m- you don't complain about of the a result. Exactly. So but you don't complain maybe, about all right.
1: that. No, I'm not going to get worked up. It was, I'm assuming, uh, I forget. I'm, I might have been half asleep when this happened because uh, it was so late at night. And I'm old, so that's what old people do. Mm-hmm. They fall asleep at night. Um, it was a righty, right? Pitching for. I believe so, yeah. All right. So you know you have a lefty on a, a veteran lefty who has shown to be clutch in his career sitting on the bench against you know granted we all love ronald torres but you know the move is to put gardner up in that spot right even if gardner strikes out you know then you have outrage like oh toes doing so great this year and blah 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 but still the move was to put brett gardner up in that spot
2: and you know what to me they're There doesn't need to be any justification for a move that results in a positive outcome for your team. I'm sorry. There just doesn't have to be. Because then you're just going to complain about everything at that point. I wouldn't say that
1: that doesn't have to be any justification if it results in a positive. Because sometimes you can make the the wrong move and get bailed out by your players. What if... Boone was doing methamphetamine. Isn't that in the, I in don't the dugout? To know what you're going to say. And decided that uh, Masahiro Tanaka should pinch hit in that spot. And everybody's like, "Jesus, what are you doing, Boone?" And everybody knows it's the wrong move. But somehow Tanaka gets hit in the head, and the winning run
2: scores because the bases but are isn't, loaded. But isn't that what managing is? Isn't and that still the wrong move despite the positive result? No, it's not. Because any move you make is either making or breaking you. So you mean that to tell is, me. That huh? is what a manager has to realize. You can feel, so what? When he does make the right move, but then, uh, say the right move in this instance is leaving Tereus up at the plate, right? And he grounds into a double play.
1: He's going to get second. Isn't that?
2: Of course. So no matter what, it, it is all about the result. It, it is, is all about the But just because
1: it's positive doesn't mean that he doesn't have
2: to answer to it. Because, again, let's say he he gone crazy and he decides... Okay, so what if he does do your stupid scenario where Masahiro Tanaka comes up it's, and It's and only stupid hits?
1: because I had to pick something to the extreme to get my okay. point across. So
2: then, so then here you go. Say he does that and he answers to why he did it and he said, you know what? I don't know why. I just had this I gut feeling. I was doing feeling. meth in the dugout. <laughs> I just had this gut feeling yeah. that... He was going to get hit in the head that with Tanaka. The pitch? That the pitcher was going to, this was going to get in his head and he wasn't going to be able to <laughs> gain control and he was either going to walk or, or hit Tanaka. I just had that gut feeling. Isn't that what the fans want out of a manager? No, I think they, they want would him to put the Mas- binder I would, down, right? And I, have a gut feeling. I would think that
1: they would rather Ronald Torres hit in that situation than have a manager just completely go off the rails. I'm there. sorry.
2: The, it's all about the result. You can question the manager all you want, but it's all about the result. You can't have it both ways. You want, you want to, Guy who feeds off the binder, or you want a guy who, in his gut, feels like Gardner's going to come up big there? And yeah, I know he flied out, but he did still come up big because that run scored and they tied the game, and they ended up winning the game. I don't care. He hit a fly ball. So what? That's what the situation dictated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how many times has
1: Teresa actually hit the ball in the air? He really doesn't hit the ball in the air a lot. He doesn't. And
2: Gardy his swing is more conducive to getting to lifting and hitting a fly ball. And I know Torres has speed, but Gardner on a ground ball being a lefty coming out of the box like that. Yeah, that's another point. You know, it's going to also give them Gardner, a better chance Gardner's of, of more staying likely, out of the yeah. double play. No. So, you just can't... I just, it just baffles me that people were upset with Boone after the Yankees tied the game. I just... You know, at least we haven't gotten any fire boon comments. If literally. you want to, if you want to make a statement like, Hey, I'm, I'm happy Gardy came through. I would have liked to see what Toe could have done there, but you know what? Gardy came through. So whatever, that's fine. But don't sit there and say, I can't believe this guy would honestly pinch hit Brett Gardner with Trey. Well, guess what? His move worked. So f- believe it and be happy about it. Or else this guy will again, just like Stanton, will never win here. These fans they're just wrapped up in negativity. They're very passionate. Yeah, okay. Uh it's funny
1: though, because why it, I don't get it though. Why would the fans be so anti-Boon? Mm-hmm. Like I never got the sense that Girardi was loved here. Apparently you
2: apparently he was by a lot of people. And you know what? You said it to me. I think my wife said it to me. Ryan, you might have said it to me listening to Boone in the postgame is such a breath of fresh air. You feel like you're getting answers. And Joe was, you didn't realize it in the moment as much as you do now listening to Boone, but he was very closed off and you could really see why the Yankees felt they had an issue with him. He was very closed off. He's very defensive all the time. And you don't get that from Boone. You get answers from Boone.
1: Yeah. Girardi became a crusty old man and, uh, in his later years, and even he, would, even so, he he was always had that crusty mentality about him. Where if he was if he was being pissy one day, you couldn't get a, a word out of him. Yeah, I mean, it still is only the first month. We've yet to see that from Boone and Boone in his post game press conferences. You actually feel like you're gaining some sort of knowledge mm-hmm. about the game, where he's going to tell you what he was thinking, and he even. Uh, I believe it was one of the Twins games I was watching and somebody asked him and he was actually explaining to you how he was perceiving the Twins were thinking in that situation. Right. Which is pretty cool as a fan to be like, okay, this is why the Yankees did this move because our manager is actually over here thinking along with their manager.
2: Right. And trying and you to know figure what else out too? how the game is going <coughs> to play out. I noticed this too. Not that anyone's going to go back and watch... Boone's press conferences from the beginning of the season to now but his first like handful of interviews you could tell it was his first time doing this he kind of stumbled on his words he was uh very hesitant um and now it's kind of like he's just very comfortable not that and it's not just because the Yankees are winning you could tell he's finding his comfort in being a manager of this team and facing the press and I think this team is you're seeing a team that is clicking on all cylinders right now, and you're seeing a team that is scary. You're seeing a team that your eight and nine guys are coming up with runners on, and you're you're happy they're coming yeah. up. I mean, you're happy that Terayus is coming up with runners on second and third and two outs. You're nine hitter. You're happy about it. When's the last time you felt that? Honestly, you're not supposed to feel happy. You're not. About you're, your not. Nine hitter you're not. You're not. It's unbelievable, and it's a it's a great feeling right now. And imagine if Austin it wasn't serving the suspension, inserting his hot bat into this lineup right now.
1: I haven't missed them. Oh no, I'm not Morris. saying that.
2: All I'm saying is Walker is the only guy right now that comes up with runners on where you're like, uh, but what are you supposed to do with him right now? No, he's doing. You're doing exactly what you have to with him. I mean. If you didn't have them, you'd be screwed. Because right now the
1: team is winning, uh, is in an eight game win streak. Everything's rosy in Yankee Land. Um, but what are you supposed to do with Neil Walker? Uh, he's he's the one getting the vile the vile spit <laughs> at him from the Yankee fans right now. Yeah, because he's hitting what one sixteen or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> it's on not here, that Ronnie? bad. Ryan can get us the number. He's not hitting over two hundred. Yeah, I think
3: I, I think it was he's around
1: one a- eighty
2: something. He's getting close to Wade territory. 181. 181. So, he's so he had a couple hits. I'll tell you what. The game that... went two
3: for five uh, yesterday. <laughs> oh, did he?
2: The game that uh, they tied it in the ninth, 3-3. Three, three, there was a couple times where you thought Neil Walker was going to break the game open. The one time it just fell short of the wall and the other time Calhoun robbed a home run from... And let me say something right now. Cole Calhoun, that play against Torres was the greatest catch I've ever seen in my entire life. If you take that from beginning to end, the jump he got on that ball, the air that he had yeah. on that catch, and the way he just fully extended yeah, and that made that man. play, it was the best play I've ever seen in Full my extension. life. Too bad the guy can't hit. He's batting like 160 yeah, right now. he's not
3: doing good. Let's see.
2: But man, did he have a game in the outfield? And then he robs that home run against Walker. I'm Cole Calhoun. Doubles up Stanton, which I don't even think we should get into this because it's just mind boggling that play. But
1: you and I and Ryan too. I mean, for 15 minutes before we came on the air here, we've been trying to figure out how the ruling made sense, and I can read the rule hundred more times and it still won't make any sense.
2: I think at the end of the day. And Boone took the credit for dropping the ball on this. But if they went to challenge that, they would see that Stanton didn't even leave early. So for Angel Hernandez, is that his name, Angel Hernandez? If that's who you're thinking of, yes. Yeah, it was Angel Hernandez made the out call. If he's going to make that call there, it better be blatant. Yeah. I mean, Stanton's foot was on the bag when Calhoun caught the ball. So how are you going to do that? And then I wouldn't even get into my thought process that it's supposed yeah. to be an appeal play. Angel Hernandez isn't even supposed to make that call there. The Angels are supposed to appeal that play. But I don't know. I, like you said, I could read that rule 400 times and it doesn't make sense. So, the If the Yankees lost that game... We'd probably make it more of a stink about it, but they didn't. Yeah. They
3: won, so who cares?
1: Ryan, what was the numbers you had of their, how they've outscored their opponents during this stretch here?
3: They've outscored their opponents during this eight game win streak, sixty two to seventeen. So That's that goes to show
1: you that not only are they mashing right now, they're getting some good pitching. That's unbelievable.
3: They've only allowed four runs in one of those games. I'm pretty and sure half it of them was just a won. sunny gray start. It was sunny yeah. gray. Three runs in three of the games and four runs in eight of the wins.
1: And what would their streak be if Sunny Gray didn't take a shit in the
2: bed against Toronto? Because I really think they should have won that game. Oh, my God. Would they be on a... Would they lose... You'd, add, you'd have to have two more games, yeah. add two more games to it. So they'd be on a 10-game yeah. win be, streak. Yeah,
1: so really, they won, they've won. they been playing really good baseball. Really, what did they go? Eight and two on that home stand? They took two the first two in, uh,
2: here in Anaheim. And it just so happens that... The Red Sox cooled off a bit, and we were able to pick up, you know, five games. It's nice that the Red
1: Sox cool down period coincided with the Yankees' hot streak. So now the people look at the standings, and even if the Yankees, city Yankees, do lose tonight, which I anticipate they will, because everybody and their mother had opened up their big fat mouths yesterday about Gleyber Torres being undefeated in the major leagues, <laughs> which. I always get uneasy when I start hearing those stats thrown around because then, you know, that's karma coming back around. Even if they do lose tonight, the three games out at the, you know, and tomorrow's the last day of April. I would be shocked if anybody would tell me that three games out on April 30th meant the division was over with.
2: Well, at the end of the day, you're feeling better. So we can put all that behind us now. Alright, we're going to get these up and down roller coaster of emotions throughout a 162-game se- uh, season.
1: So basically, there's nothing left to talk about today, so I can just give you all the
2: spoilers from Infinity War. Go ahead, I'm never going to see t- it. So. I
3: probably... No, I wouldn't punch you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, hey. I already think I know one spoiler, so I'll let you know what, what I... Alright, so Ryan
1: will tell me what that is... Off the, off, air, the off the air. Off the air, because we'll take a break right now. Uh, there are a couple things we want to discuss. Uh, Garrett Cole, phenomenal season thus far. Him versus the the trade. Uh, I mean, we'll get into it with Andrew Duhar Andrew Hart and Drury, because Drury has been on his rehab assignment this weekend. And playing he's well. Playing well. Clint Frazier's on his rehab. He hit a home run today. He hit a home run today. So there are some uh, things to discuss, which we will do when we return on episode 40 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast.
0: What's up everyone? I'm Brandon from BrandonRendiniFitness.com and I am an online fitness coach. My goal is to help you reach your fitness goals, so by purchasing one of my plans, you will receive a personalized meal plan and a workout plan to help you reach your goals. You will have 24-7 access to me for questions and we would have scheduled weekly check-ins to make sure you're staying on track. What sets me apart is I want to help you find balance. I don't expect you to eat grilled chicken breast all day long. I understand that life happens and you're going to want to eat that piece of cake or that slice of pizza, which is why my plans are perfect for that. To make things more interesting, I am offering a special promo code for NYY Sports Talk listeners. If you purchase any of my plans, you can use the code NYYST and get 10% off. Again, that's promo code NYYST in all capital letters. So head to BrandonRendiniFitness.com today and find the plan that works best for you.
1: All right, we're back. Episode forty of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. So, Stat Guy Rye, gave me his uh, his spoilers off the air. Do you want to know how many of them you got right?
3: Uh, no, no,
1: no, no. All right,
3: don't say anything. Do you want
2: to know how many he got right? No, I don't care.
3: <laughs> you could you could like uh, use your fingers to show them. Oh God, don't... <laughs> talking about spoilers.
2: I don't care. You, I'm I, here to talk Yankees. I don't care about the Avengers. Yeah. When it's Yankee season, I can't care about anything you else. You can't,
1: you don't care about anything regardless of what season. I care about my season. family
2: and I care about the Yankees. The Yankees.
1: Entertainment and Sports <laughs> Network.
2: You are now listening. <laughs> uh,
1: so. You know, we, we take our break and then, uh, you know, we recover for a minute here. A little behind the scenes action of a the podcast here. And then Chris has got to give me the go to, to, you know, come back to the show. So he tells me, we're
2: hot. That's and, what I say. We're hot. We're and recording. Then, and then I jump back in and he's like, no, 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 no. Because you don't give it a second to breathe after I tell you. But when you say we're hot, that means
1: it's time to go. That means you got to give it a second and which, then you go. Which prompted him to make a noise that reminded me of Kevin James, which then prompted me to tell him that he's I was just a, a shorter,
2: shorter dumb... fatter, uglier uh, version uh, no, of. No, that's no. exactly what you said. What
3: did I say, Rye? Shorter, dumber <laughs> version of Kevin James, that's... King of Queens, of Paul Blart.
1: That's worse. Paul Blart Mall Cop. You guys don't watch uh, his new show, Kevin Can Wait. No. no. I don't watch TV. I watch the Yankees. You know, the Yankees don't play all year round. In my head, they do. I don't. You're,
2: <laughs> your head is a dangerous place to be. So, uh. All right, so let's get it. You had here. a little debate you wanted to bring up. I did. Garrett Cole
1: today. Let's, uh. Let's bring this up here. All right, Garrett Cole made a start today. And uh, he's been pitching so well this season that he gave up three runs over uh, six or six and two thirds. I don't remember what I saw was his final uh, stat line, but I do know he gave up six and two thirds, three runs today. And it caused his ERA to go up. That's unbelievable. So he's been pitching. That's how good this guy's been this year. That anybody else in the league,
2: probably your ERA goes down when you give up three runs over just under seven innings. And you know what? And I know this has nothing to do with your debate, but I just want to say it real quick. It just goes to show what happens when a when a guy goes to a team that is a serious team, is a serious contender. Because look at what Justin Verlander is doing right now. Maybe they have some type of magic pitching potion down in Houston. Oh, like a good pitching coach? I don't know. Um, this guy... Is how old now? 33, 34? Is Cole that old? No, no, no. I'm talking about Verlander. Oh, he's say. four and 0 with a 1.36 ERA. He's got Ver, Ryan looked that up. Verlander's got to be older than. 34. I think he's 34. He's 35. 35. And okay, and he people thought got, he was done last it, year. Cole's who, 27. Who wouldn't have thought he was done? But now look at what he's doing on a games good team.
3: Has he even lost as a Houston? And
2: imagine, show? probably, did he go
1: like eight and one down the street? Down the stretch for them. No, it couldn't have be been in one because he did, yeah. could he got nine starts in no, last he,
3: year. He, uh, if you include uh, the postseason, maybe I-
2: including the postseason. Yeah, I think he was three and zero or four and zero for them before the postseason started. He was five and zero before the postseason. Oh my god! I don't think he lost a game in the postseason. No, did he? he didn't.
1: You no, know he went two and zero. I don't and know then if he got
2: postseason. He um... he was four and one. He did lose one game. So he
1: went nine and one. In his tenure with Houston last year, nine um, and one—it's unbelievable.
2: And they maybe—I don't think they get past the Yankees. Imagine, him, to be honest with um, you. Oh no way! Imagine if Keiko was pitching good this year. He's having I mean, a down here? I haven't really yeah, checked out. he's got anymore. like a 4-plus ERA right now. I looked up our buddy Lance McCullers, and he's outside
1: of one rough outing against Houston. He's been really good this yeah, year. Yeah, and
2: he, he threw a perfect game into the 5th last night. He was throwing a perfect game, and he ended up getting the shutout. I think he threw 7 innings. But
1: back to Garrett Cole, because this is how this ties back into the Yankees here. Guys pitching to a 1.73 ERA through the first month of the year. He had 12 more strikeouts today. So if you extrapolate that throughout 30, 31 starts, he's on pace for 300, 341 strikeouts this year. Yeah, 200 is an outstanding season. This frigging guy is on pace for 341 strikeouts this year.
2: Which but, to, to, I mean, you don't expect. Just like you didn't expect the Red Sox to stay as hot as they were. You don't expect Garrett Cole to stay on pace for that. Maybe all year. you do
1: because the guy has he has shown
2: ace-like stuff in the past. So before we get into this debate, let's just preface by saying, to our knowledge, the reason why he's not a New York Yankee right now is because Miguel Andujar held up that deal for the Yankees. They did not want to give the Pirates Miguel Andujar in the package they had already put together. Include you know, heading Clint Frazier. Yes, that's f- to our knowledge. Yes, that's correct. So the big debate is, would the Yankees be better off right now if they did make the trade being as hot as Anduhar is offensively to what Garrett Cole is pitching? What would benefit the Yankees more right now? I'm going to go, and you
1: can disagree with me. We can have a fun debate on this one. I'm going to go on the side of I would still want Garrett Cole knowing, even knowing how hot Miguel Andujar has been. And I'm going to tell you this because I really think one more legitimate starting pitcher is what will keep the Yankees
2: from going to the World Series. So the year. Yankees can't do that at the trade deadline? Now, who are you going to trade then? I don't know, but they can't. But They can't it, get that pitcher at the I mean, trade deadline? Is anybody going to be on the level of Garrett Cole? I don't know, but there will be someone available that can do exactly what Garrett Cole would do maybe, heading this team into the postseason. Maybe. Definitely. And I'll back that up by saying that
1: Brandon Drury, who will maybe be activated tomorrow, Tuesday the latest, with the way he's playing down in Scranton, is a quality baseball player. I know. it.
2: This is going to be So tough. would
1: you rather have Miguel Andujar or the combination of Brandon Drury And Garrett Cole, I really think that's a lopsided trade. If you say that, I'll take Brandon Drury at third, Garrett Cole in my starting rotation, and let the Pirates have Miguel Andujar. Here's what I'll say.
2: I think that when you call up these young kids to this team and they start succeeding, it changes the energy of the team.
1: But Brandon Drew is 25 years old. You act no, like crippled no, 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 no. old man. Also, no, 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 no.
3: Have I, to keep in the consideration that Drew is having these migraine issues. Who knows you know what kind of player he's going to be going for.
2: What I'm, what I'm talking about is the guys in your farm system who you've been talking about for the last couple of years. When they come up and they start succeeding, it brings a different energy to this team. I don't think that Anduhar is single-handedly responsible for these last eight games or Torres over these last six or whatever. He's been up here seven. However, when these young kids get brought up and they start hitting the way they are and coming through in the clutch, the way they are, it changes the dynamic of this team. And I think this team has been feeding off of that. You saw it back in 2016 when they got rid of Miller and all of a sudden, these young kids came up. Sanchez started hitting the crap out of the ball. And the Yankees actually made a decent run for it after that. And then last year, you have a bunch of guys put together that you don't know what you're going to get. And what happens? They start feeding off of each other. They build energy. I think Anduhar brought that to this team as well as Torres over the last couple weeks. And that's something that Garrett Cole pitching well you know he's out there once every four or five days. Yeah, but wouldn't it be nice to stack
1: him with yes. Severino and yeah, then of course. you bump to knock it down to three, and then you know
2: you of have. Of course, but but you see in the, as your fourth. But you don't know what Garrett Cole's going <laughs> to do in the in the AL East. I mean, come on, you really don't. It's a move I would have made in if you're if you're talking about in the long run where this team's going to get to the postseason and they need another significant guy to to bring it all home, yeah, you're going to need that guy, especially if Sonny Gray's going to continue what he's, but what he's you know been what, doing. Chris,
1: it was a move I would have made in February or January, whenever the trade talks were, and it's a move that I would make now, even knowing how good Sandy Har is. And been. that's
2: where we disagree because, yes, I would have made the move too. And before Andujar came up and has done what he's done, I would have been fine with that. But now, I can't justify getting Garrett Cole here for how many pitchers have you seen come to the Yankees who are supposed to be good and they're just not? And to have that question mark after I've seen what Andujar has done over the last week or so.
1: But what is the one thing
2: that will keep this team from being a legitimate World Series team? The starting pitching. Yes. Not having a third. But what I'm saying to you is we didn't have to, we don't have to sacrifice Andohar for that. I think we can get a guy in the trade deadline. I don't know. You,
1: you know, if you're going to get anybody even near the level of Garrett Cole, you're going to have to give up
2: quality players. We have Severino who has pitched beyond what you would even think so far this year. Okay. You have Tanaka who has been brilliant in a lot of his starts, even though he had a couple down outings but who has proved that he can be dominant in the postseason you Mm -hmm. have two dominant guys okay you don't need to sacrifice andohar if andohar is going to be this good for a guy like garrett cole who you don't know what he's going to do in new york
3: i also think we got to give it all a little bit more time just because it's the first month of the season and if you look at garrett cole's opponents over his uh six starts this year it's been texas san diego Texas again, Seattle, and the Angels in Oakland. So, not really the greatest opponents. Not the best offenses, but it's still, I mean, it's still Major League Baseball. But it's still April, so, I mean, it's... Again,
1: I'm not, I haven't changed my opinion on the deal after seeing Andy Harder. I don't care if Garrett Cole was playing against high A-ball players. It's still a move that I think the Yankees should have made. Because, again, yeah, you got Severino, but Tanaka is you. You just don't know with him what you're going to get start to start. Even though he was dominant last year, what if Gray was
2: having a dominant year? Would you still feel the same? What if Gray was four zero with a year The team need still needs pitching depth, and I would rather. I, what if he was pitch averaging six and two thirds every every time out? Are you
1: going to let me finish, Kevin James? <laughs> uh, because you're talking like a Met fan right now, so mm. that's why you're Kevin James, right? The team needs depth. They need a sixth starter. They need a guy to go to in a situation. And I hate, hate, hate saying this because he's been so consistently good. But Jordan Montgomery would have to be the sixth guy. And get me another guy in here that could be a valuable piece of this rotation. Because nobody stepped up. Chance Adams is pitching to what a four eight ERA right now. Luis is hurt. Not that we would want him to be well, in that I'll situation. I'll tell you what.
2: I'll tell you what. If Gray continues to pitch the way he is, I wouldn't mind Chance Adams coming in and filling his role no, to w- eat up innings. But at the level that he's pitching at right now, he hasn't even. He's not even. Managed. Bro, his ERA is half of what Sonny Gray's is. And he pitches more innings than Sonny Gray does. So if you're approaching five in triple A. You know what? Give me a guy who's just going to eat innings at that point. Then why'd you let Jaime Garcia go if you want a guy to just eat innings? You know Jaime Garcia is going to get you through six? Because they thought Gray was going to give him something more. And Montgomery proved himself last year.
3: (laughs) Montgomery. Montgomery.
2: (laughs) Montgomery proved himself last year.
1: And, that's and why you thought I you were going to get hate, something
2: more out of Gray. That's why I said I
1: hate putting Montgomery in that position to be in AAA as a six starter. But, dude, what you know, CeCe, you're only going to get five innings out of. And you don't even know if you're going to get a full season out of him, which we already have him because he's been on a DL once already this year. Sonny Gray is more, nothing more than a pile of wet garbage right now. So you need somebody that's going to be reliable. That and you what know I'm you telling
2: can. you is they're going to
1: get that person. But, okay, brain damage Chris over there. You're still going to have to give up quality prospects. Probably more knowing that the Yankees are in a need for something. Then Now teams are going to hold them up for more at the trade deadline.
2: You're not going to get away with telling. But here's why I can't agree with you. And it's simply, you're not going to get Clayton Kershaw for
1: Ronald Torres and, and the it's trade that for Which the is, fact,
2: it's for which the is fact what I think you think that is you're happen. complaining about a move that wasn't made to better a team that has just won eight straight games and is 17 and nine right now. If if the Yankees were nine and 17 and their starting pitching was still blowing up games, then I'd sit here and probably agree with you. But I'm not going to agree with you. Over the fact that they should have made a move that could have changed the the dynamic of this team right now.
1: You never make decisions off your highest high and you never make a decision off your lowest low. Okay, And I'm not going to make it de- change my mind because the team is playing their best baseball of the season right now. They still need another starting pitcher. And I don't want a fifth guy. I don't want a fringe guy. I so want let me ask you a top-of-the-line
2: guy. Let me ask you this. If Garrett Cole was 0-4 with a 5-plus ERA, would you still be... Would you still be debating that they should have gotten him?
1: No, because I still
2: would have said that that deal should have been made in February. Okay, but you're riding his highest high right now. Right, You're debating this because he's on his highest and high. You're and if he Mi- was on his lowest low, you're, you okay. wouldn't be making this debate. And just you're like Miguel Andujar's high. Just like I'm highest arguing highest. with you. I'm arguing with you. No, I'm not talking about his highest high. I'm talking about the team playing well together right now. Because
1: this is an argument of Miguel Andujar versus Garrett Cole. That's not my argument I'm making. That's, That's what,
2: what you're not seeing. Okay, I'm not just talking about the production we've gotten out of Andujar. I'm talking about the dynamic that, the, that him and Torres have brought to this team team right now and i think that if you sacrifice that for a guy like garrett cole pitching every five days yeah it's gonna better the team maybe uh if they make it to the postseason but i don't know if they hit that stride with so those young kids coming so up do to they make 10 it to wins the postseason. right now
1: do they have 10 wins right now if they make the trade and miguel and who knows team? who knows but i'm
2: not willing to risk that I am. I'm not. For a top of the line starter because Don't... he's having a good season right now. Okay, but I... in mid-summer when he's, you know, blowing up games and has a 4 ERA, you wouldn't be making this debate with me. Did I not just say
1: 105 times that I would have made this trade in the offseason? Right. In that their
2: numbers as good as they are on both sides have not swayed my opinion of that. But what I'm telling you is they would be swayed if Garrett Cole was having a shit start to his season. All right, so
1: let's say Garrett Cole was 0-5 and, and his ERA was 9.6 right now. You would and not Miguel be having ended... this debate. No, you wouldn't. You're right. We wouldn't have, be having this debate because it'd be a silly debate to have. But it would not have changed my
2: opinion that the deal needed to be done in February. I agree with you. It should have been done. So when, then, in that think... time In that time span, I agree with you. It should have been done. But now, I can't agree with you. I can't. This is a team that is that is playing very good baseball, who has clicked, who has a great chemistry right now, finally. And you're sitting here telling me that they should have still gotten rid of Andujar. Yes, I can't should. agree with <laughs> you.
1: deal should still have been done, regardless of how well Andujar is playing. That deal should
2: still have been done. I'm sorry. I'm going to stick to that. So if we're not talking about stats right now, right? We're throwing away stats right now. Okay. The deal definitely should have still been done if Garrett Cole was a Yankee and had a five year a Yes. Yes, it still should have been done.
1: Because then, so if the deal should have been done in February and he came to New York and he pulled a Sonny Gray, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, they shouldn't have
2: done that because they still should have done that. But. You but, and I both wanted Garrett but Cole. But you're bringing here. it. Yes. But now you're only bringing this up. Because Garrett Cole is off to a great start. We're only bringing this up because the Yankees have won eight in a row. And we have nothing
1: to argue about <laughs> right now.
2: <laughs> fair enough.
1: Is that not... But it's, what's fair is fair. It's an interesting debate. It is. And you can't say one way or the other that... I mean, I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns on it. But realistically, if you look at it the way I'm positioning it to you, the Yankees have Brandon Drury and Garrett Cole or Miguel Andujar. What is better for the team?
3: Well, it wouldn't just be Andujar. It would have been Clint Frazier as well to go along with Andujar. They both would have been gone. Yeah.
1: But I'm saying on the major league team right now. Ask it again. So the Yankees would have Brandon Drury at third base and Garrett Cole in their starting rotation. Okay. As opposed to now. Technically,
2: they wouldn't during this stretch. They probably... Drury got hurt, so they... Might not have, but Brandon you know, They Drury's could be ready 10 games out of first place right now, if that were the case. But Brandon Drury is ready to come okay. back. So, so it's not
1: like you were saying trade Miguel Andujar and they have nobody to play third base. They have Brandon Drury to play third base. Again,
2: if Garrett Cole was not off to this start, you wouldn't be asking me this question. But he is... So you're asking me this question. If you asked me this question in the offseason, I would have agreed with you. I agreed with you in that time. But I can't agree with you now. Because as much as you want to throw the numbers away, you can't. You can't. You're making the debate because Garrett Cole's playing well. And I'm making the debate against you because Anduhar is playing well and has brought something extra to this team. Just like Torres has. How do you know everybody wouldn't love Garrett Cole? Not saying they wouldn't, but I know. Just like we talked about Boone's move to bring in Gardner, right? We don't know what uh, Torres would have done, but I know what Gardner did, and Gardner was successful. You know who's. Fo- I don't know what Garrett Cole would have done coming here, but I do know what has happened that he's not here, and Anduhar is. All right, so you know who we should really blame? Brian Cashman
1: Because why the hell did you trade for Brandon Drury If you wouldn't trade Miguel Andujar At
2: the end of the day that That's why the Drury trade baffled me We thought he was going to come here to play second Not to keep Andujar And he'd still be shit out of luck <laughs> I know Because they would have brought Gliber Torres up And, and what has Gliber done in last week that, should, that would give you any inclination That he shouldn't be playing second base Let right me tell now. you something Not only is he a stud defensively This kid he has such a nice swing that I don't care if he goes oh for his next 20. I'm still going to sit here and tell you that this kid is a Major League Baseball player. And he is not going anywhere. He is going to be a superstar.
1: Well, Boone said it after a second or uh, maybe after a second game that it's this is not like a cameo. I'm paraphrasing here. This is not a cameo appearance for Graybert right. Torres. He's here for an extended stretch. You know
2: how we always talk about this debate with... Tyler Wade and and Aaron Judge how they both had rough starts over their first 100 at bats or so but you just you could see in Judge that he had what it took and you never saw that in Wade I don't care about Torres uh Torres's numbers right now as much as I do just watching him and his composure in the major leagues, and he is a major league baseball player. He was a little geeked up in his uh, in his uh, <laughs> debut. Right? Okay, wouldn't, wouldn't you have you?
1: Well, I'm just him? saying, and it was nice to see that he made adjustments even right. as that game went along. Where exactly, he, even though he didn't get a hit in his his first game, he did settle down, made yep. adjustments, had better at bats, and then you know he got rewarded with his first major league hit the following night. And, and he's then played, he took off. He's played well.
2: He's he's been great in what the field. Was he too. around like
1: 280, 290 right now?
2: He's got a couple, probably a couple ribs. Probably he's, you know what? He just, he's going to be a solid baseball player. He really is.
1: After his debut game, I ran a poll on our Twitter at NYY sports talk. Give you four options. Uh, what your career outlook for, uh, Glaber Torres was going to be hall of fame. (laughs) You, you know, multiple time, all-star solid career. Uh, no, it was multiple time All Star. Third choice was solid, but nothing spectacular. And four was complete bust. And overwhelmingly, I think sixty four percent of the vote took it that it was uh, multiple time
2: All Star, which, which I, was after he struck out what four times. Which I was know, after, after his old. That's what I voted for. That was after his over four start. So again, you could never judge that off of one game. No, and, that's why we know that. That's
1: why I prefaced it despite his. Oh, but you start, like to get but... a
3: feel for what the what the fans think too. So he's hitting two ninety six so far through seven games.
1: So it's a nice start to a career. And that's, really, how many... and that's...
3: He, he definitely has more hits than Tyler Wade had all year though. He's eight for twenty seven.
2: <laughs> I... how many runs batted in? Does he have two, three? He's got two RBIs. And guess what? That's that's going what? Oh for his first eight? Seven maybe. Oh for his hmm. first seven or eight. So that's yeah, he unbelievable. Good. He fits in. Hashtag Glaber Good. Glaber Good. So
1: let's trade him. hmm
3: For Garrett Cole. You know, his last two years for the Pirates, he had a three eight eight ERA in twenty sixteen and a four two six in 2017. And the ERA home runs, man. Plus, you gotta think we'd be giving up Andu who in twenty seventeen was a top five prospect for us. We'd also be giving up Clint Frazier, who we gave up Andrew Miller to get. Those are two highly valued players that I don't I just feel like you're not putting yourself back. In, in your shoes back in February, maybe if the pirates I think you came would have made that move. I would. Maybe well, if would the pirates,
2: even... maybe if the pirates came back and said we'll take Andujar, you can keep Clint Frazier, That Cashman would have had a different outlook. Maybe it was that. No, I think he wanted to trade Clint Frazier.
1: I think that was his motive in. Anything. Yeah, because we have a we have a. A
2: surplus of outfielders right now. I think I
1: remember reading some that Estevan Florial's not off to a great start this season either. Mm. Trade him. <laughs> but that's the point. You
2: can't. All these guys cannot play for the Yankees. Somebody's got to get traded. That's why I wasn't against Clint Frazier going. As much as I want him to succeed here and and find a place, I just don't think he's gonna. I I really don't.
1: You know, speaking of Frazier, you know, he's on his rehab. He's playing for the high A Tampa Tarpons or Tarpoons, whatever the hell. Tarpons. Tarpons. There you go. Uh, He had, I think today's his third game. He's had mixed results, but, you know, he's coming back from concussion. He hasn't had baseball activity
2: since what? Yeah, He'll, he'll be okay. I just, I don't, I don't think he has a future here. As much as I hate to say that, I just don't.
3: I think a lot of that has to do with he wasn't really overwhelming us when he was up here. I think just yeah, again gotta give him some more time.
2: It also has to do with how high they are on Florial. I mean But when I if, saw Frazier up here last year, he struck out a ton of times, but I saw a guy
1: that could be a really great baseball. Yeah, player. Yeah, absolutely.
2: But when you go and get a guy like Stanton, you have a guy like Judge already, and you're that high on Florial, you don't see a future for him here. And Hicks is not an old man. No, but... I think they
1: have. What, they have another year or two of Hicks.
2: I don't see Hicks coming back for the long term.
1: No, probably not. But still. and I'm not.
2: I'm not bash. I love Hicks. I think he's been great for this. You team. mean Hicksy? Hicksy. <laughs> it just just goes to show how many people have to just argue about everything that someone had to come at us for calling him Hicksy.
1: Like I know what the guy's name is. It's Aaron Hicks, but he's Hicksy. Joe and I tweeted that. I said. Joe Girardi created that monster. We didn't create that monster. Right. But I'm going to call him Hicksy until he's, he's Hicksy. no longer and in New Gardy's York City. Guardy's Gardy. Guardy. Guardy's Guardy. I'm pretty
3: sure this is the last year we have Hicks under is contract. It? Are you sure? Because what? It's six years of service time or less for arbitration? I could. No. This is his sixth season. Really? And he's only on a one year contract signed yeah, through 2018. So he's
1: a, a free agent at the end of the year? On a.
3: Uh, signed through 2018 on a 1-year 2.83 million dollar contract. So, so could Hicks be part be of a a, agent. be part of a trade no, I don't think they at would. the deadline? For what? I could see that definitely. Hey, if team.
2: Hicks is having a hot year, then why wouldn't the Yankees keep him? Who's going to play center field then? But if Clint Frazier's having uh, a, a great start or I don't think or I don't, I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> or you you know, they seem pretty confident with Stanton out there and I he don't... looked much better in left field. I don't think the Maybe Yankees... to Guardian center.
1: But I don't think the Yankees profiled Clint Frazier as a center fielder. I think they profile him as more
2: of a corner guy. So then you put Guardian center, put him in a corner, and you keep D.H. and Stanton. It's not the the craziest thing in the world to think if Hicks is that hot, a team might want him. I'm sure somebody would want him. I just don't know why, if he's that hot, why the Yankees would trade him, put him in a package. But then again, if he's a free agent at the end of the year, you're not going to give up a an ace to get a guy who's only under control be, to the end of the year. You'd be trading him so. to a team that's a renting him. Yeah. yeah,
3: So, I mean, it wouldn't happen, but it would be cool.
2: I'm just trying to think Debunked out of the box. again, man. more fake news I'm out of you. am just here, trying man. to think out of the box, man. Maybe, Maybe we should get back in the box. Yeah, give me a break, would you? No, why would I give you a break? Because I'm tired, getting ready for the game. I'm just trying to, you know, work, work your mind a little. Well you're you're making the rest of
1: us dumb. What's the what's this what's that quote at the end of Billy Madison? Thank you have made us making... all
2: yeah. <laughs> a little bit dumber.
1: No, yeah, well, that was Billy Madison. Yeah. Like after it... the debate, after the yeah. triathlon or whatever. All right, so there's a couple things we want to plug here before we uh wrap up the show. Um we were all We all saw the video. I didn't know what it was for initially when the Yankees were holding up those place cards in the dugout, and then uh, we were all uh, touched by Cassidy's uh, video. That uh, it's a shame that these kids have to deal with that, and you know, I don't want to take the show off on a PSA here, but you know, it is something that became important to us, and something that we're trying to uh, contribute to. It's a you know. That these kids have to deal with this bullying. And it goes on... It goes beyond saying, oh, the kids need to toughen up. It's just that
2: these kids... No, these kids are relentless.
1: It's bad and you... It's a lot different than when we were kids because when we went home at the end of the day, we were away from
2: it. Right. I mean, these kids get home and they're getting texts and emails and Facebook comments and all that. So, um...
1: We saw Cassidy's original video and then the Yankees obviously made their, you know, their reply video where they invited Cassidy to spend a day with them. And it got Chris and I thinking that maybe we should reach out to Cassidy's mom and uh, see if there's anything we can do. And Cassidy's mom was uh, nice enough to get back to us and said that Cassidy's been collecting t-shirts from companies that have reached out to them and she would love an NYY Sports Talk t-shirt. So then we took it a step further and decided that instead of giving her something that we already created, that we should probably create something new and set it up as a charitable donation. So Chris came up with the All Rise Against Bullying t-shirt. Above.
3: Uh, what did I say? All
1: Rise Above Bullying. Yes, All Rise Above Bullying t-shirt. Um, Which if you're going to spend... this year after taxes and shipping that we suggest that if you spend $30 this season on our website, we really suggest that you spend it on this where we are taking no profit. And I'll say it again, in case somebody wants to question our motives here, we are taking no profit off of the sales of this t-shirt. We will be transparent up front. We are going to pay for our cost of the t-shirt and then whatever profit would be made is being donated to Mallory's army. And I'll let Chris, since he spoke to Mallory's mother, uh, give you a little information on Mallory's army.
2: Mallory's army was formed uh, last year after Mallory Grossman, she was 12 years old, was bullied extensively. I mean, not just in school, she'd come home, she'd be bullied via text, everything, Mallory's mom tried to get involved, no one listened, and Mallory, 12 years old, was found dead because she took her own life from it. That's how bad it was for a 12-year-old girl from New Jersey, so it's close to home. You know, they live maybe 15 minutes from us, and we felt like it was the perfect fit to, to donate to, and we reached back out to Cassidy's mom, Just to make sure that they were on board with that. So, any profits made will be donated. And we say in Cassidy's name, meaning she inspired us to do all this. And we want her to feel like she has made a difference for speaking out because that's, you know, probably the toughest part is being courageous enough to come out and speak out. So, we want her to know that she's made a difference somewhere. And I'm sure. Not just us, but everyone who's reached out has shown her that. So, uh, all of our proceeds will be donated to Mallory's Army.
3: And how much have you guys raised so far? Do you know?
2: Uh, we didn't look at the profits yet. We've sold over two thousand dollars worth of T-shirts. Wow. Awesome! In just a week. So. Yeah. So that was last.
1: When did we put the Monday? T- t- Monday. So in a week. In. This is without any major promotion behind it at all. It's just been spreading through word of mouth. So even if you don't have the expendable income, which trust me, a lot of, you know, we understand, go to to our Twitter page. It's pinned on our profile at NYY Sports Talk. A simple retweet to spread the message and a retweet leads to a retweet and maybe then that person will buy a shirt and that person will retweet it. I mean, this is much more important to us than pushing our Gary Rakes t-shirt or our, um, I don't know, I even know what the hell else is on our website, <laughs> but this is much more important to us than pushing those things where we can put a few bucks in our pocket to create some type of positive change in our community. Cause like Chris said, Mallory lived about 15, 20 minutes from us and it was a, You know, and so this story was around our circles when it came down last year. And, you know, I'm 34 years old right now. I'm trying to start my own family. Chris has a family, has two young children. And it's something that breaks our hearts to hear this type of thing. Because when I was 12 years old, I didn't, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know what suicide was. No. Did I say I was 35 years old? Yeah. Putting years on my life. Jeez. But. I didn't know what suicide was like. That Nor was not. Nor should a, you have. That, that's not a concept that meant anything to me when no. I was 12 years old. And then you hear these children that are taking their own lives because they're being bullied. I mean, yeah. And you it goes. It happen. goes beyond. You know, you get an old timer say, "Oh, these kids need to toughen up." Because in my <laughs> day, it goes beyond that. No, man, because because
2: everyone needs to learn how to deal with idiots, right? Everyone needs to learn, but. It's beyond that. It's the relentless 24 yeah. seven of just breaking a person down. And when you're that young, listen, your adulthood is based off of what you, what you went through as a kid and, and whatever. But when, when you're that young and, and, you know, you can be swayed so, so easily and that's all you're hearing 24-7 is these kids putting you down. And, I mean, kids told this girl she should go and kill herself. They told her she should. I, you
1: know, we all dealt with our own degrees of bullying. I was picked on as a kid because, you know, I was short, fat, and I had buck teeth. So that was an easy target for people. But you know what? Once the school bell rang, I got to hang out with my friends. I got to play Baseball, basketball, go play video games. And I would forget about it. And even if it came back the next day, I knew as soon as the bell rang, I wouldn't have to think about it anymore. And these kids, they don't get that break anymore. Yeah. And when I was 12 years old, the biggest problem I had in my life was getting yelled at by my mom for staying out past the streetlights coming on. Yeah. So that's it. So, like I said, if you're not going to. You know, if you don't have the extra thirty bucks, we completely understand. Go to the website, just copy and paste the link and put it on your Facebook or retweet our our pin tweet just to help spread the word. Yes. And that's all we really. I mean, we would love it if you guys could purchase a T-shirt so we would be able to donate this um, money to Mallory's Army. But if you can't, just to, just to help us spread, the, spread word. the word. So what 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 was the uh the motto that uh, Mallory lived by? It's a bracelet kind bracelet of life. Bracelet kind of life. So we asked that you guys live that type of life because it's a shame that Mallory who was a girl who was upset that cancer kids kids that had cancer, shouldn't use the term cancer kids uh kids that had cancer couldn't go to summer camp. So she would make them jewelry to right. make them feel better about themselves. And this poor girl who had such that outlook on life felt so despondent that she took her own life at 12 years old yep. is absolutely a horrendous horrendous story and that's why we feel this is the perfect thing for us to donate our good efforts to so uh again just please go to uh com. there's this in our shop uh tab there's a special section for mallory's army and we just ask that you check it out and again if you can't purchase a shirt just spread the word just help us spread the word All right, so that's her special message for today, Uh, you know. And let's keep winning. Let's keep winning. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, due to the time difference, Gardy couldn't be on the show today. Yeah,
3: it's tough to get all the way from I went to the bathroom before I came here today, too, so I knew. (laughs)
1: Well, I was was waiting by the phone all day, you know, because he was like, hey guys um uh, maybe I might be able to make it today and then uh you know babe, a few minutes ago while I was doing my uh speech on Mallory's army he gave me the confirmation he, he's like he, he can't make it can't make it every week he's and I was like and I was like geez you know the one week that stack guy ride doesn't have poopy yeah. butt on the show he uh
3: <laughs> maybe he could do a phone call or some one week when he when he
1: can't make it in yeah. person. uh so Gardy will uh I think Guardi, he said he can't guarantee anything in life, but he's, he said he'll be back on the show next week. Great. Sounds good. Um, it's hard to believe that uh, next time we record we'll be in May already. Jeez. Yeah. We were waiting for the season to start for how long, and now we're through the first month of the season. Crazy. Brian, are the Yankees off tomorrow or they
2: go right to Houston? No, they go right to Houston. Yeah, For a four-game set? They're not off until May 6th. Oh, that's 7th. right. They're in a big stretch here. May 7th or May 17th this or something. is three game. Huh?
3: No, it's four. Is it? F- is it three? Oh, no, that's... I've, God, I'm looking at May already. Yeah, it's a f- four. It's a
1: four. Because then they go home for Cleveland and then Boston, and then I think they get the day off. Yeah. Or Unless they're off May 7th, are they off? May 7th, I yeah, think. Yeah, they're not off until Monday, May 7th. So they get a break in between Cleveland and Boston. Yes. Yeah who uh, Cleveland, our old buddy Munch, uh, reached out to us. I think I'm doing an appearance either the 3rd or 4th on his show. Nice. So ah, cool. be on the lookout for that. I was supposed to be going to the game on the 6th. Uh, prior engagement came to get me, so I'm not going to the game on the 6th. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, it is... I would. I never thought when we started this stretch... that the, I said the Yankees needed like a 14-2 stretch here. And I didn't think against this quality of opponent that they'd be getting it, but they already knocked off
2: the first eight, so... Sometimes uh, sometimes playing a better team makes you a better team yourself. We saw how how they played down to the Marlins. You can't do that. You know, you play a good opponent, you come up, you show up, and you win.
1: Isn't it crazy, though, that it was... I don't, I don't remember the game of the series, but at some point... Minnesota was one for eleven in their last twelve games against the Yankees, and they're at least one for twelve, maybe one for thirteen. I forget when I heard the stat, but jeez, if you're the Minnesota Twins, do you even bother showing up to play the Yankees anymore? Including the postseason, what since two thousand two, their record
3: is pretty sure it's like ninety four and thirty three. Yeah, they're playing like three hundred
1: ball against the Yankees since two thousand two, and that includes the postseason. Just the amount of heartbreak they suffered too. (laughs) How how many countless division series wins do the Yankees have against them? They jump out three nothing in that in that wild card game last year, knock Severino out. They got to be feeling so great. And then Yankees...
3: in 09, what they swept them in the ALDS. That was when Teixeira hit the walk off. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was. Just, uh, how many countless division series wins do they have against them during that
2: span? Ryan sent this video to me, and Kay brought it up the other night. But when Sanchez hit that walk off home run, the Twins broadcast. Yeah, the guy just. <laughs> Sanchez hits the ball, and the guy just goes, there are no words. And
3: then yeah, that was and then, that silent.
2: Yeah,
1: and then Thursday night, or Thursday afternoon, right? You finally think that, you know, you already lost a series, and you think you're at least going to salvage a game. Yankees really haven't done anything. And then here it goes. Error, infield hit, whatever you want to call it. Two men on. Sanchez, Boom. game over. Unreal. So, uh, Yanks are about ready to take the field here, you know game 3 against the angels. I mean, even if they lose tonight, I mean, the Yankees are on an incredible roll right now. It just I remember signing off last week's show and said, "Get the win, play good ball," right? And they haven't lost. So, yep. they haven't even though a couple sloppy games in there, it just goes to show you that when this offense is clicking, they can outslug their errors.
2: And I say this all the time. Pitching is contagious. And everyone says that baseball has no momentum, right? You can go out and win eight games in a row or whatnot, just from demolishing teams. And then you can come out the next day and play the worst team in the world and lose 10, nothing. I get that, but there is a bit of momentum that goes into baseball. And I think a lot of that starts with the, the starting pitching being contagious, and you hope that it could pick Sonny Gray up a little bit. And the bullpen has been very good to tomorrow? stretch. Yeah, tomorrow. Sonny Gray. So, I mean, each pitcher keeps going out there, and they want to pitch better than the last guy. And they're on a roll. This team's on a roll. So the Yankees lost the
1: LCS last year because they couldn't win in Houston. You know what you wanted? You want? know how you want us to get off your back, Sonny Gray? Go out there and give, give me a nice seven-inning, two-run performance tomorrow. Yep. I don't. If you lose that game two to one, that's not on you, pal. No. And I will. I will take back. I won't take anything back. But I'll. I'll get off your back for uh, absolutely for a week. I agree. All right. So big announcement here on the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Uh, Chris, I, Chris and I have decided through much deliberation here that one episode a week
2: is not enough during the season. Now we become too irrelevant.
1: No, well, you've become irrelevant. No,
2: we become too irrelevant when we just do one a week because we've seen how how much baseball can change over the course of five, six days.
1: So, so starting this week, I don't think we nailed down an exact day, but either Wednesday or Thursday, we will start releasing a second episode during the week. Yes. It depends on when we can actually get sit down and record either Tuesday night or Wednesday night, so it would be released next day. So. Yes. That's our big announcement. There will now be two weekly episodes of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. You, If you're accustomed to listening to us on Monday morning, don't worry. That episode is not going anywhere. We're still going to do a weekend recording for a Monday release. And then we will sit down and figure out when our schedule is best mesh. So we can get a second episode out either Wednesday or Thursday as well. So... We've gotten, a, we've gotten a lot of requests about it, not not even saying that we're irrelevant, just that people like the show and they, they want to hear us twice a week, which, you know, you wouldn't be saying that if you were married to us because <laughs> if you have to live with us, you don't want to hear us any more than no. you have to, but the fans don't have to live with us, so they want more NYY Sports Talk. And we're going to give it to them. All right, so, uh, again, thank you for listening. This was episode 40, the XL... In Roman numerals I don't do
2: Roman numerals
1: You couldn't count past three anyway Because right. once they throw the V in there You're all screwed Done. up Done mm-hmm. I agree So what Rocky comes after Rocky three, then? Don't care <laughs> Stupid <laughs> IV uh, IV IV So is that the Is that And the, then V
2: And then VI
1: Is that the Rocky where he goes in the hospital And gets hooked up to yes. the bag of liquid? Okay so I, I must have missed that one Yeah but that's the one Chris saw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. People are going to love the second episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. So go to Um, I believe Tuesday we, uh, we were a little behind in getting this out here. But it will count as our April getting to know uh, Tuesday. Be on the look even though it's May 1st. It counts as April. So shut up. Uh, A Ron Guidry interview Which was pretty cool To sit down And talk to Ron Guidry About uh, His career That 1978 uh, Season Still ranks As one of the Greatest In the history Of Major League Baseball 25-3 and I believe With a sub-2 ERA Could you even imagine That today? (laughs) So be on the lookout For that Subscribe to the website This way When the article drops You'll be the first to know You get a nice little email Say Hey Dingus
2: Read the article.
1: Read the article. All right. Also, go to the shop tab as we, you know, as we said earlier, uh, pick up our Mallory's Army uh, against rise, all rise against bullying T-shirt. All rise above bullying. It doesn't matter. It's still the same <laughs> message. All rise against bullying. All rise above bullying. The same message is clear. Don't be a bully.
2: Mm.
1: What's that? Rise mm. above it. Rise. You're so sorry. <laughs> See, this is what kills the show is because I. Because you ran No, because on for I'm trying. Minutes. I'm trying to say, don't be a bully. Then you act like an asshole. It makes me want to be a bully to you. <laughs> All right. So go there. Just whatever this shirt is called. It's anti bullying. Please pick up the shirt. Yes. And then we also got our Didi Gregorius shirt, our Gary Rake's shirt, which come on I mean the guy's only hitting a cover off the ball. Wouldn't you want to be seen around town wearing a Gary Rakes t shirt? Because Gary rakes, rakes okay. Um I mean we have anything else we gotta plug? No. Don't act like that. <laughs> you never gave away the wreath this week, which I was I'm very disappointed in you. Do you wanna know why?
2: Do you wanna know the truth? Yes, I do actually. You're the wreath is going to play big when the weather consistently stays nice. Hey, dickhead, it's going to be 85 degrees this week. All week. All week. Bam. Wreath this week. 100%. <laughs> and it's not like the weather's been bad this past week. It's 40 degrees out right now. it's 8 o'clock
1: now. Oh. See what I mean? I'm not really a bully. I just be a bully to Chris. Mm-hmm. I'm a nice guy, right, Right? Yeah, great guy. Yeah, Okay. Because the biggest death in Avengers Infinity. See, now you
3: just said that there's a death,
1: <laughs> but you knew that going in. Shh, shh. All right. Anyway, thank you for listening to episode 40 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Please follow the gang on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk at Chris Junior underscore NYYST at Stack underscore NYYST at Christian underscore NYYST Ryan. Yeah. You got anything you want to add, pal?
3: I'm good. You guys covered everything.
1: We covered everything. So, uh, adios to Ryan Till next time. And uh, Chris. I kind
3: like you.
1: Say goodbye. Hey!